Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. No matter what happens, you've got to hang on. Johnny, relax. Now you give him everything he wants, you understand? Now let's see what happens when we mix these two elements together. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you are now listening to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. I definitely wanted to come on. I know I took a little bit more time than I said. I said I think I said a couple weeks, and I ended up taking about three weeks off. Just really needed that time just to focus on school for a little bit and other stuff that I was doing. But I am super happy to be back. Before we get into this episode, I just want to th- thank everyone for everyone listening right now just to give my content a a chance. And I honestly think season five is potentially going to be the last season of The Relentless College Entrepreneur, as sad as it is. Uh, within the name The Relentless College Entrepreneur, it was more so made for college people that were having trouble and needed motivation, needed more insight, needed more tools, knowledge on how to become a overall better working person and enjoying life and everything like that. And as I close out my last semester coming for college, I realized, wow, like it's within the name, it's college. And I've been focusing on a lot of college content. So um, helping those and even people that have graduated college for a little bit. I will say though, this isn't the end of my podcast because I definitely will be doing another podcast in the future. But for now, um, I think... It might change, but I think season five is going to be possibly the last season. Um, So just wanted to put that out there. And I have, man, by the time I'm done, I'll probably have around 80 episodes. So plenty of content. I think it's like a full day's 24 hours worth of content. So let's dive deep into today's topic, which is living in your top 1% by Alyssa Feinerman. So everyone feels like they have potential within them or at least at one point you did. And what really comes down to it is not a whole lot of people activate that potential. And the reason behind this might be a lack of knowledge or guidance from other people and maybe you just don't know what to do and that's why I'm here and that's why I created this podcast to help you out and let alone this book is really gonna help out with just the overall on how to be your best self within the top 1% of your performance. So jumping into the first topic of the book, take responsibility for your life. So how do you do this? You need to identify the core areas in your life and whether that's most likely going to be writing down. I know we can think and think of things, but what ends up happening is that we retain more information when we write down, let alone we can go back. We might lose those thoughts that, oh, these are the core areas of my life. And then later you're like, what did I say about that? And then versus if you have it written down, you can go back upon what you've identified as your core areas in your life. So really what it is, is what's important to you in your life. And I feel like that is one of the most best questions someone can ask themselves. What's important in your life while you're here? And not to get deep or bring up psychology, so to say, or just the way of thinking, but we're all going to die someday. And that's inevitable. There's no way we can go around that. And it's really important to realize that 
we have a limited time on earth. You know, I, I know a lot of people say, I was watching a video earlier and I posted on my Instagram that people say, you know, life's so short. It turns out it's, you know, it's long, but it can seem short. Uh, as we grow older, time only inevitably goes quicker through science that I'm not going to, that's not the topic. So I'm not going to talk about that too much. But what is important in your life is really crucial on how you guide your life and what you want to do and make sure that it it lines up with whatever you do with your personal statement and what you want to achieve in this life. So what are the core areas? It's your, honestly, everyone's is going to be different because it's personal preference. It's like career, health, financial situation, or relationships. And there's many other categories as well. Those are just the main ones. What are most important to you? And you have to be honest with yourself when writing down your core areas in your life and prioritizing them. Because if you write them down and it's not a priority, you're only cheating yourself from what you could be. And that's what we're really trying to achieve here, being within your top 1%. So you can't be lying to yourself. You have to be fully honest. Even if you have to go to someone and ask them, hey, what do you think is the core areas in my life? And that could definitely help you. And then another thing within this section of the book is prioritizing yourself. So take minimum 15 minutes each day and do something to help you gain more knowledge on something that you'd like. Whether it be reading, there's plenty of books out there to read, or listening to the podcast, or reading the news. I've been really good about reading the Wall Street Journal in the morning and playing chess. I'm trying to get better at chess. Whatever it may be, just gaining more knowledge. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, how do I get better at work? Uh, How do I do better at life? Uh, Whatever it may be. It can be something just purely to gain knowledge on and get your brain in the steady flow state in the morning, which you really want because it's going to help your productivity, as I talked in previous podcast episodes. But you really want to gain skills and knowledge so you can practice these things, whatever you want to do. So let's move on to the next main topic, which is make your mindset a successful one. And mindsets can be vastly different. Everyone's is different. And why I started off with core areas is because what is important in your life, you want to have the right mindset according to your core values because everyone's going to be different. So there's two type of mindsets according to uh, Carl Dweck. Yes, that's the name. And he was a psychologist at Stanford University. And he said there's two distinctive different types of mindsets. There's a growth mindset, which is a way of thinking life as a learning process in which You can improve your abilities because with the people with growth mindset believe that their skills are not fixed, so they seek out to learn new things, thus grow as individuals. So they might say something like, if at the first time you don't succeed, then you try again. And if you don't succeed again, then you try again and you keep on learning and reiterate what you're doing wrong. And then there's people with the fixed mindset. So they believe they are stuck in those abilities and they don't have anything to fix it. And no matter how much practice they do, they won't be able to fix it. So they might say things as basketball is just not the right game for me. So why are these two mindsets important? As we can see, growth mindset is one of the, it it is the better mindset to have. It's because people with a growth mindset are far more likely to succeed in life than those with a fixed mindset. And you should try to get actively adopting 
growth mindset into your life so you can stay positive and optimistic. Now you might be asking, how? How do I do this? Focus on positivity. For example, with a simple exercise that encourage you, encourages you to use positive words. So there's many different things and examples I can give to promote positivity in your life, whether it be you know, complimenting someone in public, you know, hey, I like your shoes. Hey, I, I, I like that uh, you did this and this and this and this project. I like your help. I appreciate this. Spreading positivity will help your own positivity. And it's a reflection of who you are and what you are as a character in life. And I, I think it's very important to give to others, help others, whatever it may be. It doesn't even have to be money. Being a college student, I can't, you know, donate a boatload of money, but I can give service. So I, I volunteer at Second Harvest, a, a food place, and there's many other things that I, I do service hours in. And that's just to help me with positivity and grow as a person and to help others. You feel amazing once you help others. So once you get in these positive thoughts, you start triggering positive emotions. So overcoming negativity is not an easy task. And psychologist Barbara Fredrickson discovered that a person, in order for a person to flourish or have high levels of mental well-being, that person is needing to experience roughly three positive emotions to neutralize a negative emotion. emotion. So basically what that's saying is you need three times more positivity than you need in order to conquer one negativity emotion. Thus, you can't simply just slightly put a little bit more positivity in your life than negativity. You really have to tilt the table with positivity. Now, moving on to the next section, the main point, focus on your strengths and ignore your weaknesses. You'll feel great. So it is actually a fact that you are more productive and it feels much less of a chore if you focus on your strengths and work with what you're already good at. So there is a book, another book I read that this book actually referenced, which is Clifton Clifton Strengths for Students. And Clifton has a bunch of different stuff. And he's actually the founder of Gallup, a stats firm and how to improve yourself. And they have a bunch of tests and stuff, which I'll talk about in just a second, a little bit more, but Gallup found that people who use their strengths daily are six times more likely to feel engaged in their job and three times more likely to report an excellent, excellent quality of life than people who don't. So another psychologist, Martin Salgloman, in his research, he found that People tend to be happier when they use their strengths on a regular basis rather than focusing on fixing their weaknesses and improving what they're not so great at. So I'm going to leave a survey in the description that you can take, and this is going to help with your strengths, knowing your strength. So you take, uh, it's a tool, I know it's kind of a lot of questions, but it's 240 questions, but it's really going to help identify your top five strengths. And my example is actually, I have it on my website. So if you, I also leave uh, my website in the bio as well. And it's a huge personal portfolio. And I have my strengths and weaknesses in that portfolio of my website. And you can look at what my strengths are as well, because I've already taken this test. So let's move on to the next main topic, which is going outside your comfort zone, but don't stray too far. So 
what may surprise you and surprise me is like don't stray too far because like i've always just tried to get most uncomfortable but this this these facts i really do make sense in the book so there's three different comfort zones to consider there's the comfort zone that rever refers to actions you are most comfortable taking here both the levels of stress and mental situation are low in the stretch zone which is another comfort zone so the stretch zone things are a little less comfortable and they are increasingly challenging stress levels may still be manageable however they actually keep you sharp and focused as a result you learn and grow and then there's the stress zone you the challenges consistently overwhelm you and you can't do your best because you're simply just too stressed because you're in survival mode you don't learn and soon you just become exhausted you overheat within doing too much so which zone do you think you're in right now and you're growing in as an individual and what zone do you think is the best to keep you growing actually turns out to be the stretch zone so the middle of the zone so there's the comfort zone the stretch zone and the stress zone the middleman is the best one according to this book and i'm gonna agree with it because i have definitely been in the stress zone where i've taken on too much and taking a break from the podcast definitely really helped so i could kind of lean back more towards the stretch stretch zone and i learned a lot more taking a break reading doing a lot more practicing my chest skills, whatever it may be, in order to come back on and make the podcast the best episode and end with a bang. And I'm going to be having a lot more guests on as well. I just wanted to mention that real quick. So as we said, the stretch zone is the best zone. You should try to figure out how exact, where exactly you are within your zones and not to lie, honest, be honest. And then get to the stretch zone as often as possible. So you know, now you might be asking, how do you do this? Try schedule, scheduling your priorities. So find getting into shape as a priority or admire to your work schedule. Ideally, get some friends to join you so peer pressure will help you from skipping workouts, whatever it may be. So prioritizing, and I've talked about this all so much, so I definitely don't want to be repetitive with episodes that I've already done, but I write down a, literally a to-do list and then a priority list. And I do this on a little notepad. So now I know everything that I should be doing and how to conquer them and just to go down the list. So priority for me was to do chores. I just like my spot to be neat and the house to be clean. And then the second one was to come to the podcast and make a podcast episode. So you really want to be in the stretch zone is really important within this mindset. So, and that's how you do it. So you want to set up the right goals and begin with small steps. So you don't want to take the biggest step into whatever you're doing. Say you're reading a, you, you want to start reading and you get a 400 page book. You're like, I'm going to read this all in one day. That just isn't, it could be feasible, yes. But if you're starting to read for the first time and it's 400 pages that you like you want to get done in a day, it's just not as feasible. So you want to start with baby steps. Okay, I'm going to read for five minutes. That five minutes turns into a snowball and you end up spending, hey, 30 minutes and you finish a chapter. Awesome. You didn't even plan on doing that. It starts with taking baby steps. And even Dave Ramsey talked about that within financials. I believe I had an episode over Dave Ramsey and how, yeah, I did. I believe so. Although it's not mentioned in the title uh, exactly, it was one of my first 
uh, on my first season, I talked about that financials. He talked about baby steps and having this snowball effect, and it makes positive changes. Small things make huge differences long term. So you want to start with baby steps and figure out what's good for you and start doing these small things. Like I didn't just start reading overnight. I, I, uh, I had a lot of off and ons over time of reading because I would challenge myself to get a book done a week. And I do for the most part, but I just sometimes it became too much and I didn't have time. I had finals. I had you know, so much stuff to do and it just didn't become as feasible over uh, a long term so now I just spend 15 minutes usually. I always wake up, read the Wall Street Journal, what they have to provide, the economy, state, everything like that. And then I'm able to get better at my reading skills and know what's going on in the world. I'm not a huge politics person, so I, I try to stay away from that type of stuff. But I feel like in order to be an overall citizen, you kind of need to know what's going on and what to expect in the future. So that's exactly what I do with the Wall Street Journal. Highly recommend it. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, always sets, sets extremely ambitious goals for himself. And as a result, was successful in four highly competitive areas. And it was acting, bodybuilding, politics, and real estate. So how do you set goals right? So you can do a variety of different ways, but the most common approach in setting goals is the SMART method, which is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So for example, every Tuesday at 2 p.m., I'm going to do 30 push-ups. That has the time. It's measurable, 30 push-ups. It's specific on Tuesday and it's obtainable you can do 30 push-ups and it's realistic it's within that aspect the smart goals are crucial in developing a better mindset and i'm not going to dive deep into goal setting because i have a podcast on that already but you want to do small steps because each step will become easier to complete and thus over time you will build confidence and you don't feel overwhelmed. It just feels natural then. So you want to make these things baby steps and then you're going to end up making them into bigger things. You know, I read a chapter a night and then I end up finishing a book in two weeks or a month. It doesn't matter how much time and then you finished a book and then you go on to the next one and it's just this snowball effect. So the next main point is to make progress. Choose a course of action and pursue it consistently. So you want to have overall, I, I've, I talked about this a little bit into the main point leading up into this point, and you just need to know what you're doing and how to achieve it. Using the SMART goals is 100% recommended in achieving goals and making them obtainable. Because if you set super high unrealistic goals, some people can do that and they fall short, but they end up doing a lot better than what they did. But for the majority of people, when you set a super high goal and you don't get to it, a lot of people give up. So starting off smaller and taking baby steps is crucial in starting something new to gain knowledge, become better at something. You want to start with baby steps and pursue it consistently because once you take, oh, a day off, a week off, a month off, then it becomes this habit that you're off and you're, example, you want to go exercise a little bit more and then you take a week off and then week turns to a month. You have to stay consistent. And yes, every once in a blue moon, you have to take off 
um, a day for to study for finals or you have a big project for work or whatever it may be. So obstacles, another main point is that obstacles are a part of life and you'll have to overcome them in order to reach your goals. So there's so many things like I feel like life goes so well for me and then just one huge thing happens and tears me down. But that's just the way of life. Life's not going to be perfect. And whatever certain whatever circumstance you're in, it's really important to understand that obstacles are better for you and they challenge your character and how you become persistent and resilient within these are going to be it's crucial to your character and the growth of your own set in like that growth mindset that we were talking about. Obstacles are a part of life and some are going to hit you really hard and some aren't going to hit you as hard, but it's about having that growth mindset that's going to be crucial to your success and what you do in life and what you think is important. You're going back to your personal personal mission statement within what you want to achieve in life and what's important in life there's going to become obstacles and you can't give up on those. You have to go after what you want. You only live one life. And that just sounds so cliche saying it, but really you do. Do you want to be on your deathbed wishing upon, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Now is the time to do those things. There's many people that didn't come six and you don't have to feel pressured taking a little bit of a detour. You don't have to feel pressured in life to build this amazing thing. There's so many great employees that work for companies and those companies wouldn't flourish without those employees. You don't have to become the next Jeff Bezos. I feel like in society looking through Instagram, people are, I follow these social media accounts and some, I don't even know why it's like, Oh, this person is a billionaire. It's like, soaking up so many people around us like the super point zero 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 one percent of society that are like actors the jeff bezos elon musk and then everyone feels like they have to be these this person and they're like i don't even know what i'm doing tomorrow like how am i ever gonna accomplish these things and it's like that's just making a huge obstacle for yourself in life you don't have no it's impossible for everyone to become jeff bezos it's not feasible the world wouldn't work in that way it wouldn't be an economy it would be uh i'm trying to think of the word just a world that wouldn't exist and really you just have to live your life you you don't have to become this amazing Jeff Bezos, you can live amazing life within your financial means and have a great retirement, family, kids, you can have all of this. And I feel like within society and social media, all that gets soaked up is just all these successful people. And what doesn't show is how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of failures there has been in companies that were going to be the next Jeff Bezos, but didn't succeed. And What's really important is to realize that like for me being an entrepreneur and developing this business and majoring in it is like I know not all businesses succeed and not all are rainbows and butterflies. There's going to be obstacles and the business could fail. On average, it takes, I believe, six to seven startups in order to become a successful company on average, which is insane shows you how much relentlessness you need to have, which gets me into my next topic, which was to become resilience in the face of setbacks and keep going despite them. And it's about 
moving forward no matter what, not letting a rock in the road deter you. It's about moving around it. It might take a little bit more time than going straight, but you learn from certain things that come in your way and you become a better person. You grow. You have this growth mindset. Even if you fail, it's about, okay, how can I do it again and not fail and try to make it better this time, which is going to be really important. With all of this in mind, you need to look back on your core values, what we were talking about in the beginning. Maintain that balance of things that are important to you in life. Whether that be friends, family, and hobbies, whatever it may be, to go back to your core values and what's important within this lifetime that you have. And does what you're doing or what you want to do, like if you get a job offer, do you accept the job offer? You need to question, is this where I want to go in life, like this type of industry? In some perspectives, it's going to be good either way to get a first job and understand how companies work on a professional level um, 100%. You can't obviously work at the top of Amazon if that's your mission statement right away. It takes a lot of time and persistence and resilience through those challenges to get you there. So you need to really learn on balancing what's important to you. And for me, one of the most important things is graduating. And right now is, you know, finishing my business plan, getting, doing good well in school. I don't believe you have to maintain a 4.0 or a 3.5 in order to be successful in life. There's many people that haven't done college or have done college and done terrible at it and got a terrible GPA that are highly successful. But I will say those with higher GPAs are statistically proven to do better in the first job, which is a huge step up from, you know, getting an average job to getting a, a good job after college. And it's about a lot of things besides GPA. Besides that point, balancing what's important in life and maintaining that. So, man, just going back to my core examples and, you know, I saw something, I was, I went home and I saw something on my dad's desk and it was a picture of a bunch of paperwork on the desk. He said, and it says, do you want this to be your legacy? That honestly really sunk in. I think about how much work I do, the, like the, within the major I do, within, you know, everything I do, I, I always am working. I always have to be doing something. I can never for the most part, just lay back and relax an entire day. I just can't. It's just the way my body works and the function of my brain, I guess. But it's, it really goes back to that picture that I saw. And that kind of honestly changed my perspective. Do I want to be remembered for the amount of work I did uh, within a company or my own company? Or do I want to be remembered as like, you know, someone that gave back to the community doing service hours, someone that really made a difference in people's lives and everything that I've done it like I want to be successful so I can help others like that's the ultimate goal and it sounds silly not really I know it doesn't but at the same time I really want to whatever it is in life I, I really want to help other people because if you aren't helping other people within your lifetime like and you're just selfishly moving through your life and thinking what is best for you that's just not the right mindset to have it's how to make this world a better place than it was once you were born 
and you don't have to be the next again Jeff Bezos in order to make like a huge impact or whatever but this tiny things matter too you know helping pack foods for people that can't afford food and volunteering there's so many things you can do without spending a dime to help communities to help other people out whether it's as small as go, holding a door for someone making their day better positively influencing making a butterfly effect to help people make their day better so you really need to maintain what's important to you and that ultimately is what's important to me and i know i just said business plan but i just thought of you know everything that i have done and i feel like my life has kind of revolved around the paperwork on my desk like that picture that was at my dad's office and at um his house i I looked at it and i was just looked at it for five minutes i'm like I don't want to be remembered for making the best business plan within my major. I don't want to be remembered for having the best pitch. I don't want to like I don't want to be remembered for that stuff. I want to be remembered for just being an overall amazing human being, positively affecting people's lives and helping them. And that's that's really what's important to me. And within my company Simpler Living Tiny Home Vacation Rentals, it's to Get people a true getaway to give people this ultimate vacation to be secluded away from other people with family, friends, and loved ones and just enjoy the outdoors and focus on getting away from work or school or the stress, anxiety that you've had. A true getaway to just enjoy nature for those people that love the mountain views just this breathtaking view just to literally re-cleanse your mind that's really what i'm trying to achieve with my company it goes so much further than you know bottom line so to say within a company and becoming making revenue it's to truly make a difference and help people with stress anxiety and to get that absolute true getaway almost like a psychology getaway in a way just to cleanse your mind and what you have on your mind and just release it and have an amazing time on vacation. So in final summary of this book, to become your best possible self, you need to start by looking at yourself. And from another book that I've read is Design the Mind is actually taking a step back and looking down on yourself like and analyzing how you think, what you're doing, ways to become a better person within your growth mindset. And ultimately, the main takeaway is what is important to you and then it's just a matter of setting meaningful goals and taking small steps towards them no matter what the obstacle or setback you might encounter so actionable actionable advice would be to read the mindset by carol dedwick and positivity by barbara fredrickson i'll leave those link in the bio as well I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast episode. I'm super excited to be back on season five. Go out with a bang. I'm going to be trying to look out for really amazing people to become on guests on the podcast. So with that being said, we're going to be queuing the outro. This has been the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Catch you guys next time.